So many people have these big goals, these big dreams that they're too scared to go after, and they go to the grave with them. I went to my first two ships for four years, went on one deployment per ship. I just kept on having this vision of me racing in the Cup Series and walking out to driver intro when I was on the ship on deployment. I made that decision on deployment that, hey, NASCAR was where I was going to go. I've been the only person who's been in the Navy, African-American, and also racing in NASCAR. Everything he's done in the military, he's now putting into a car. This work ethic is, is something that I've never seen before. I would get these calls and text messages like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning from Jesse. And I say, man, what are you doing? And he'll be in his racing simulator at 1.30 in the morning. He'll spend any amount of time, any amount of effort to achieve his, his ultimate goal. Daytona International Speedway, just three years after being on the ships, is pretty amazing. The first stock car race of 2018 is green. Here we go from Daytona. Some years ago when I was sitting in the Arabian Gulf, uh, you know, never would have thought that I'd be sitting here at Daytona. It just takes a lot of effort, a lot of grind, and never quitting. There was many times I wanted to quit. I wrecked out of six of my first seven races. After each one, I could have easily been like, why am I doing this deal, quit. But I told myself, no, it's gonna get better. The amount of confidence I've been able to gain, the way I can attack goals, I learned a lot of it in the Navy and I was not gonna be able to do that if I wasn't. You gotta begin walking and keep walking and start running, keep grinding. Even when you trip and fall, you get up and you go. Anytime someone tells you you can't, look the other way and you keep going. My name is Lieutenant Jesse Iwuji and I'm a surface warfare officer in the United States Navy. Today in the show, we have Jesse Iwuji. He is a NASCAR driver. And before he was NASCAR, he trained and he was um, in the Navy. He's actually still an active in the Navy. Very talented gentleman. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. So you're also recently involved in esports, I see. How's that working out? Yeah, um, for esports, uh, you know, recently uh, started my own uh, esports league uh, last year, mainly because during COVID, we saw how, um, you know, sports and live sports uh, really got shut down because of everything. So, you know, a lot of people moved to the esports realm to be able to still kind of have some type of sports. Well, you know, esports have been growing over the last few years a lot. And then last year, it really, really started booming. So I just looked at it as a great opportunity to uh, capitalize on the boom. And we started our own sim racing league where People who were on the esports side of motorsports, they could compete in our league for prize money, cash prizes, all that stuff. And uh, the league's been growing. It's been uh, we've been putting on events since December. Uh, we've already had three events now, and 
Uh, we are working on our fourth event coming up here pretty soon in the next few months. Is that the same company as what you're using for like the drag racing? No, it's different. So the uh, the company for our esports is called E-Racing Association. So uh, we called it E-Racing because it's electronic racing and we wanted to kind of keep it vast. Our, our Right now, our, um, our, our main software platform that we're using for the sim racing is uh, iRacing. So don't, don't confuse iRacing with e-racing. Uh, e-racing Association is the, the league. iRacing is the, is the actual software that's being used to race on. Mm-hmm. And how well do those skills transfer over into actual real-life racing, driving with the uh, virtual headset and all that stuff? Yeah, it translates over pretty well. So um, some people use a screen in front of them. <clears throat> some people have like a one single monitor in front of them. Some people have three, like they'll do the triple screen setup. Then some people do uh, do virtual. For me personally, I like the virtual because I feel like I'm in the real race car and I can look around and I can see things sometimes that people with just maybe one screen can't see. Now, if you have three screens, it gives you a pretty good view, but still at the same time, it's fixed. Whereas, you know, in real life, in a real race car, like you're not just fixed. You can look around a little bit. You can see different things. So I like that. I like the um, sense of speed, all that stuff. So I really like the virtual side of things the most. How much does it cost to get a decent system like that if you want to compete in these uh, events? Um, to get a decent system, um, you know, the, the one of the biggest things is um, computer. You got to make sure you have a good computer that's going to be able to handle the internet side of it, handle the graphics, handle the audio, handle all that stuff. Because last thing you want is to have a really slow, choppy computer where it just it's always laggy and all that stuff because then you'll never get a real good experience. So that's the first thing. And you can get a good computer probably anywhere between $800 to $1,200 in that range. That's a good, solid computer. Uh, you can get some for a little bit cheaper that will still work, but you know you might run into issues here and there. But I would say about $800 to $1,200 for a computer. Then for your uh, steering wheel, pedals, and uh, shifter, um, you're probably there's different ones that all range from anywhere from maybe $350 all the way up to you know a few thousand dollars. Um, the ones that are 350 still work great um, and they still get the job done. But if you want one that's a lot more, um, if you want one that's a lot more uh, uh, intense, I would say you can go for the more expensive ones. Um, and then uh, for your cockpit where you actually sit in actual like, you know, sim chassis, um, you can find some for as cheap as four or $500 um, all the way up to yeah, as much as you want to spend <laughs> 10, 15, $20,000. But um, overall, you can get a whole setup from start to finish, from computer to monitors to wheels, pedals, shifter, everything. You can probably do it for, I would say, uh, get everything together. You can keep it under $2,000 if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, about 2000 Yeah, 2000 or so. Yeah. We, we all probably grew up watching the original Daytona USA machines when it was like <laughs> $1 or one pound. And I was a little boy and I could never, how, how they ever afford it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's just, it's just a, such a, a social experience to get people to sit and play together. The one thing I don't really like about online gaming is that, um, well, back in the day when the Xbox first came out, I was only one that had it because I basically spent my, my savings <laughs> on it. I was quite frugal. I was a kid yeah. growing up. And I would have like eight or ten guys in my room and we were sitting crowded around this this screen playing Halo. And the, the room got quite, yeah. quite a fragrance <laughs> after a while because we were at different washing states, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I would, I would actually like to have like a place where I'd, I could have a few of these machines, virtual machines, and, and just get people sitting together. Not all this remote stuff, because I think remote gaming for me, it's just not, I just, I just, I don't think it's very healthy, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. and also you get lags as well. I guess if you could link these up together in a sort mm-hmm. of land gaming way, that would be really the best performance for, for you know, 
Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be really cool. Are you still also uh, an active Navy? Uh, what is it called? And your officer, officer rank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, still uh, currently in the Navy right now. I'm on the reserve side. So I go one weekend a month and two weeks a year. Um, and I've been serving in the reserves for the last four years now. Prior to that, I was active duty for about seven years. So um, I, while I was active duty, I was on two different ships. I went on two different deployments. Um, I went to shore duty right after that before transitioning from, um, from active duty to the reserves. So uh, yeah, I've been in the military overall for about 11 years now. And your, your two deployments, like, uh, are you like to speak about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, both of those deployments um, went over to the Arabian Gulf. Uh, the first one, uh, we were in Bahrain for a majority of that time. Uh, that was a pretty cool place. I like that place. And then um, the second deployment, we just were sailing around the Arabian Gulf. So we hit a bunch of ports on the way. Um, you know, we, uh, I, we got to stop in Abu Dhabi. I got to visit there. That was really cool. Um, stopped in Bahrain, stopped in a few other places. But um, yeah, those are my two deployments, about 15 months out there. So are you, were you escorting a carrier? Um, not a carrier, no. Um, we, we do have an amphibious ready group. So um, all the, you know, depending on what side of the Navy you are, we have different groups that we've rolled around as team with. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been an, um, a U.S. ship destroyed by enemy fire since, I guess, a long time ago, maybe Vietnam or, or maybe it was the public. There was a right before terrorists. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I would say in the last uh, 20, 30 years or so, 30 something yeah. years, um, you know, I think a couple ships or so have hit uh, mines. Yeah. Um, but uh, besides that, we haven't had any other country with their ships attack any of ours, yeah. destroying any of ours, not since probably World War II, honestly. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, of weapon systems that haven't really had live testing, except when the UK sent ships to um, Argentina, and I think they sent an Exocet missile and destroyed one of their... Um, destroyers but i mean there's just so much technology that's just we just seem to be upgrading and upgrading and upgrading and thankfully i've never used it yeah um, but if you don't really know what this uh, wallet that would look like but you know it's um with china it's potentially things could start heating up a lot and i guess america are investing a lot into um into the shipping and, and other countries as well it's yeah it's an interesting topic as much as you can be interested in um, fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely interesting um, with everything going on in the world. And hopefully nothing, you know, nothing happens of it. Hopefully everyone can stay calm. It's just, you know, every every 10 years or so, something new happens. So I'm hoping for peace. We don't need to fight anybody. Nobody needs to fight us. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you're a full-time officer, I guess you're constantly learning because, I mean, there's so much technologies and things to do in the ship. Did you have a just particular favorite parts of the job that you, you enjoyed? Yeah, uh, you know, being on the ships, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to learn, a lot of different weapon systems, a lot of different, um, you know, uh, other, you know, combat information systems, engineering systems, a lot of different things on the ship. So, and it, and it changes each ship you go to because all the different classes of ships have their own systems and how they work. So um, it's very interesting. You're always learning no matter what ship you go to because, there's so many different ways to do things on all the different ships. So um, I learned a lot while in, in the Navy, and I've been able to translate some of the stuff I've learned from that to what I'm doing now, um, you know, in NASCAR and everything else I do. 
if I was on one of the ships, I've got a very inquiring mind. I could, I would probably really annoy anybody I was with. I would constantly ask them the questions. What does this do? What does that do? When I was in university, I would take stuff from the skip and take it home and dismantle it and see what these electronic instruments were like inside, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So what did you find that, that being an officer in the Navy brought to the NASCAR experience? What skills did you bring over from, from there? Um, my ability to communicate um, efficiently, my ability to uh, handle stress and stressful situations, uh, the physical fitness side, um, my ability to network with people, uh, problem solving, all these different things are stuff I learned on the Navy side that I've been able to translate over to what I'm doing in my NASCAR career, what I'm doing in the business world, all of that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were recently on the Xfinity series and you've changed series to the sort of more truck style. Yeah, so um, I uh, got when I got into the National Series of NASCAR, I was racing in the NASCAR Truck Series at first, and then I moved up to the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and I ran about four races there. Uh, this year, we put our focus on the Truck Series just because we're you know saving up some money and, and putting together more funding so that we can make it back to the Xfinity Series and start racing there a little bit more full time. Mm-hmm. So I guess every every expense or any any damage you basically comes out of your budget. It's not like the Formula One where there's an sort of infinite pool. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Formula One's a little different because they have these manufacturers who pretty much own these teams and or these multi-billionaires who own these private teams. And, you know, yeah, all, anything that happens, it comes out of their pocket. So I, I, eventually one day, maybe I'll have a billionaire who's supporting my efforts. But right now it's it's me and, and all the people around me. Yeah. I think that for me, I like personally uh, European style racing. We have a track in different corners. I'm not sure I could get into NASCAR because I watched uh, one of your videos where it's basically the turning left, going straight, turning left, going straight. But I'm not a very shallow way of looking at it. But how do you keep that exciting to you and make it well interesting? Yeah, I think from the from a normal person's view, when you look at it, it looks like yeah, you just drive straight, turn left, drive straight, turn left. (laughs) But if you actually get on a NASCAR track to see how it's shaped, it's actually not shaped uh, like that. Um, in fact, there might be, there's only like uh, maybe two or so tracks, two or three tracks that are drive straight, left, drive straight, left. All the rest of them have different corners. So when you're going through most oval tracks, You'll, you'll go through, let's say you go through turns one and two. So you go through the corner, you go through, and then on the back straight, it's straight sometimes. And then you go through the next corner. And then when you go into the front straight, it's like a trioval. So it's, it's very, it's, it's a lot different. And then when you go through the corner, you're going so fast that you're on the edge of grip. So um, imagine going 180, 190 miles per hour into a corner. And if you went like any faster, you would spin out and hit the wall right there. So yeah. you're on edge the whole time. So as much as it seems like if you just turn left, imagine turn left, but like if you did a little bit too much or not enough, you're going into the wall. <laughs> I looked a little bit at the physics of tires and it's actually, the tire has the most grip when it's actually sort of almost sliding. And Schumacher was the, the one of the best that ever can do that. He just sort of could be on the edge that other mm-hmm. people couldn't manage. Another thing yeah. that I was basically researching about was that I, I was just shocked that the safe barrier, the, the safety barriers that they have weren't used until like after some more people died and people were complaining about the, the basically these solid walls, which you actually hit a solid wall. There wasn't a safe wall there. And um, 
what was that like when you hit that wall then yeah um i've, I've hit solid concrete walls and yeah it's not fun <laughs> um luckily i was all right but yeah i know the nascar's done a pretty good job of um trying to get safer barrier walls around as many around pretty much all the tracks so every every most walls at least on the outer walls they're all uh, safer barriers but for um, the inside walls, they have some safer barriers in some places, but they haven't put safer barriers everywhere, like on the pit road wall. So, um, you know, there's still some places we can still hit <laughs> that don't have a safer Man, barriers. But look, was, usually if, by then we're slowed down. If that was me and I hit that solid wall because it didn't have a safer barrier, I would be absolutely raging. Man. I would find the person who budgeted that track and says, look, you've basically given me a lot more pain than what I could have had, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's tough because... You can only put it so many places and um, usually usually the places that have it usually right now the ones that don't have it um, are places where by the time you got there most likely you're slowed down a lot more right. um, you shouldn't be going too fast by that point so i notice you've got, you've got a strong faith um how do you feel like god has helped you through your your career and where do you feel that he's um wanted to take you uh, I feel like he's helped me a lot in my career um, and everything I've been able to do because, you know, I can't do anything without him. Um, you know, a, a lot of times I'll be grinding, 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 and maybe I can't figure something out or maybe some bad things are happening. And all I can do is just pray and pray for, you know, him to come down and deliver because I can't do it anymore, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm always praying. I pray every single day, um, you know, with God, I wouldn't be able to achieve anything. You know, he, he makes it happen. And, there's no real explanation on how it works. It just works. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel? Because you're an elite athlete and also, um, you know, officer in the military. How do you feel people uh, respect your faith in, in these areas? Um, a lot of people do. Um, you know, because I talk about it a lot. You know, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like a preacher or anything online, but you know, I, I do mention. I mention God a lot. You know, thank God a lot in a lot of different things. People see that. They know it who you know thank me for it you know for, for being able to do that and you know i do it because you know it's it's the right thing to do like you know without god i couldn't achieve really anything so um why not thank him you know and publicly thank him you know now i don't you know once again i don't go on a full sermon <laughs> but I'll, i still give thanks for things to do cool man and what what do you think about america right now with this all the division that's going on yeah, um, there's a lot of different factors that's causing it. The media is not helping <laughs> at all. I feel like the media could play a great role in bringing us together if they wanted to, um, but they make more money when they can keep chaos going on. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. You know, I think for it, for things to get better, people just have to open up their minds, open up their ears, you know, and close their mouths, listen to each other, understand each other, and just respect people for people. You know, the more we can start respecting people and, and, and also just have God in our life, things will be better. But I don't think enough people have God in their life. So that's why they start going off track and doing crazy stuff. Okay, Jesse. Cool. Well, I'll let you go. I just have a little prayer before you we finish here. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Dear Father in heaven, I pray for Jesse. I pray for his, his driving. You protect him as he travels on these fast circuits at 300 kilometers an hour, Lord. I actually send angels to um, guide him and uh, in every turn that he makes. And we pray that you'd bless him in his businesses and his military service and just teach him more your ways and guide him in everything he has for his life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
short and sweet, but uh, we'll, we'll do it again once I get this uh, all this IT stuff sorted out and <laughs> my guess. And thanks for your time, Ed. I appreciate it, Jesse. And have yeah. a good, good, good day. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Have a good one. Bye. Take care.